Consequently, if you believe God made Satan, you must realize that all Satan's power comes from God and so that Satan is simply God's child, and that we are God's children also. There are no children of Satan, really. Hello, friends. Welcome to the History Obscura Reading Room. You'll notice I have the fire burning this evening, because, though I'm loath to admit this, it's turning chilly outside, and it's time to dig up the potatoes and other evil ground-dwellers from the garden. A cherry-red demon was even spotted down the lane earlier this evening, and all of these things have me thinking wistfully about Satan. The poor deer is often downtrodden when autumn comes to Earth's northern hemisphere, and multitudes of thrill-seekers plant his grotesque, goat-like visage throughout their communities. You see, there is a wealth of misinformation concerning poor Satan's looks, beliefs, and history in general. And really, is it any wonder? The facts were jumbled from the start. Once upon a time... An interesting etymological occurrence took place when the very meaning of the word, Satan, changed. First a Hebrew noun meaning adversary, or a verb meaning to obstruct or oppose, Satan was used in the Old Testament to mean those very things. Yet with the writing of the New Testament, some 600 years later, circa 50 CE, the word is transformed into the name of the primary character in opposition to the Abrahamic God. Satan is now considered the supreme evil, and even the ruler of an underworld of evil, tortured human souls. Ah uh, yes, and aside from his bright red complexion, he sports a couple of cloven hooves, horns, and a tail. How did it come to this? Consider the first... <clears throat> a documented record of Satan's likeness, as of course he was at first an angel of Yahweh. And from the midst of it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had a human likeness, but each had four faces, and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on four sides, they had human hands, and the four had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. We must then assume that Lucifer, a fallen angel, once fit this same description. So either a four-winged, four-faced creature with burnished bronze skin and a human likeness, or, according to other Bible passages, something like lightning, or a serpent, if you consult the New Testament, written some 1950 years ago. Perhaps all of these are some of Satan's forms, as they are various forms of the fictional demon Crawley from that delightful Good Omens program. The word Lucifer first appears in Biblical and Latin texts as a name for Venus, the early rising morning star. For some Greeks, Lucifer was a light-bringer and a god of the pantheon, and son of Heosophorus, the dawn. The Sumerian goddess Inanna, 
is associated with the planet Venus as well, and Inanna's actions in several of her myths, including Inanna's descent into the underworld, appear to parallel the motion of Venus as it progresses through its synodic cycle. In Babylon, it was said, that the brilliancy of the morning star, which eclipses all other stars but is not seen during the night, may easily have given rise to a myth such as was told of Ithana and Zul. He was led by his pride to strive for the highest seat among the star gods on the northern mountain of the gods, but was hurled down by the supreme ruler of the Babylonian Olympus. Henceforth, Lucifer, the morning star, was intertwined with the verb and noun forms of Satan, and eventually all these negative qualities and nomenclature became personified in the epitome of evil as defined by the Christian church. A passage of Ezekiel says that iniquity was found in Lucifer, and the metaphor of the morning star that Isaiah applied to a king of Babylon gave rise to the general use of the Latin word for morning star, capitalized, as the original name of the devil before his fall from grace. Yet, I do say, metaphor. Depending upon whom you ask, Satan and the Christian devil are one, or they are separate entities in cahoots. Early medieval Christianity fairly distinguished between Lucifer and Satan, while Lucifer, as the devil, is fixated in hell, Satan executes the desires of Lucifer as his vassal. In either case, these are markedly different interpretations from those of the earlier Judaic leaders. In fact, though Judaism speaks of Satan as an antagonist, neither hell nor a leader of such a domain are features of the Jewish faith. These are characteristically Christian beliefs, Early European Protestant leaders like John Calvin and Martin Luther argued that Lucifer and Satan were not one and the same, based on their own studies and interpretations. Hell itself may not even have been mentioned in the Old Testament, though the Hebrew word shul, for grave or pit, was erased in favor of the term hell in the King James Bible of the early modern age. Even in the New Testament, the primary religious text for members of the Christian, or post-Judaic faith as it were, Jesus does not speak of sinners going to hell, but to Gehenna. Gehenna being a real place outside of Jerusalem, filled with, according to writers and interpreters of the Bible, unholy people. One must remember that the original books of the Old Testament and the New were written in archaic forms of Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic that can no longer be well translated by any living person. Moreover, these texts have been translated myriad times into myriad middle languages, and none of the original parchments exist. Everything in a modern holy book is a translation of a translation of a translation of words constructed in archaic forms of grammar by people living in absurdly different eras and environments to us. So let us focus back onto our friend Satan, or Lucifer, or the devil. 
assuming that this character was an Abrahamic angel, of aforementioned four faces, four wings, and the foot soles of a calf, when did he change into the goat-legged, red-faced, pitchfork-wielding maniac we know today? It was quite the journey, actually. 6th century Byzantine mosaic art seems to depict Satan in a blue human form, plus wings and a halo. A representation of Jesus separating a flock of sheep from a flock of goats, this piece of art is significant in that its metaphor referred to the sheep as the saved and the goats as the damned. On the side of the goats stands our blue angel, Satan. By the 9th century, his existence and likeness had become inextricably linked to the souls of humanity's damned, as well as the goat. Art from this period shows Satan with cloven hooves, hairy legs, the tail of a goat, pointed ears, a beard, a flat nose, and a set of horns. Medieval Christians were known to adapt previously existing pagan iconography to suit depictions of Christian figures, much of Satan's traditional iconography in Christianity at this time appears to be derived from Pan, a rustic, goat-legged fertility god in ancient Greece. Early Christian writers such as Saint Jerome equated the Greek satyrs and Roman fauns, whom Pan resembled, with demons. The devil's pitchfork appears to have been adapted from the trident wielded by the Greek god Poseidon, by the High Middle Ages, Satan and devils appear in all works of Christian art, in paintings, sculptures, and on cathedrals. Satan is usually depicted naked, but his genitals are rarely shown and often covered by animal furs. Satan and his demons could take any form in medieval art, but when appearing in their true form, they were often shown as short, hairy, black-skinned humanoids with claws and bird feet and extra faces on their chests, bellies, genitals, buttocks, and tails. Quite modern depictions of this lord of demons include those of a stylish, if old-fashioned, gentleman, dressed in his finery and often sporting a walking stick and a chic hat. And let us not forget that attractive, charismatic Los Angeles nightclub owner who so often and inexplicably helps the police solve more paranormal cases. This is probably the way he'd like to be remembered, if you ask me. And Minnie Mew, as you can hear, protesting back. I wonder what you'll look like in a few thousand years. Hmm.
Thanks for listening. Good night. Aladdin, please remove your tail from my tea. Excellent.